This is fantastic. Uh, we have today Rebecca Dixon, founder, uh, co-founder of The Gamers. And we've been watching The Gamers evolve in the social media platforms that we're a part of, Kane is a part of. And uh, Rebecca, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Um, it's, yeah, it's an honor. Thank you. Oh, this, is, this is great. And, and so uh, as we go, I mean, as, as an intro, um, please let us know your background and how you got into the world of gaming. Sure. My background is, um, well, I started my career as a media buyer and I worked in the world of advertising and media for about a decade. That experience gave me a, a real understanding for brand relationships and, um, you know, bringing uh, stories behind products and services to to people and communities of people. And I, I loved that then and I, I still love it today. I left that world around the time I started having a family and I joined my two of my co-founders now because I was a member of their community company at the time and it was in the parenting space. And so I joined them to help them with sponsorships and marketing and advertising. And together we were able to, to grow that company to a point where it was sellable. So we sold the company with a lot of experience about building community around women mm -hmm. and thinking in terms of, you know, what, what works to build community. Um, the number one thing that works to build community is to look at the community, analyze them, ask them, talk to them and, and grow kind of organically. And so when we sold that company, you know, there we were a few entrepreneurs trying to think about what's next. Yeah. And we had a pretty strong, a few pretty strong adjacencies to the esports and gaming world. My family, my extended family is part of the ownership group of Envy Gaming. Now Optic Gaming. Optic Gaming. And so, you know, it, it's my dad and my brother. Historically, they were the, they are the, the people who were, were involved with that. So Thanksgiving family dinners, we had talked about this thing called esports, but frankly, I didn't, you know, this was 2016. Esports wasn't the word that it is today in everyday language. And I started becoming really interested in, in it just as, a, as an entrepreneur and, and a business person and a, a human of the world. And, you know, you don't have to follow the gaming industry for very long to become fascinated by it. I mean, even back then, it was huge. It was growing quickly. And women were 50% of the customer base and, you know, 48% maybe. But um, it's, it's not a very debated statistic. It's an often quoted statistic. And I just couldn't, I couldn't help but continue to notice it along with my mm. co-founders. And my, my co-founders at the time, you know, had... We had gone off to do other things, and then we were all still talking about what's next. My co-founder, Heather Awida, was doing some product design with Al Khan, the visionary behind Pokemon. So mm -hmm. she was at toy fair and licensing fairs and noticing same thing, like women are half of gamers, but where are they? Mm -hmm. So we got the team back together. We joined with our fourth co-founder, Verda Maloney, who has incredibly um, relevant experience as well in 
both certainly community building, also DEI work, and she's done a lot of DEI audits over the years with nonprofits and educational institutions. Um, so the four of us decided to do a deep dive and find out, you know, okay, so 2.8 billion gamers in the world, half of them are, are women. Where do they go for community? How do they come together? Like who's, who's advocating for them? Who's, who's providing that space? And the answer was no one. Right. There were a lot of women in the industry, for sure. We are not the first people to have this conversation. Um, a lot of the women in the industry at that time and still speaking on panels, doing, providing scholarships, doing everything they could to mentor. Um, also, there were a lot of nonprofits and still are, and we work mm -hmm. with a lot of them. But what we did not find was, you know, what we say we are is a community media platform and a community acting as the media, as the influencer. Um, and, uh, you know, also now a social network because we have an app. So we launched in 2020. Two and a half years later, we have half a million women in our, com our community. And that's how I got here. Oh, my God. I, and so let's pull that thread, uh, Rebecca, on the last part. So how you got here now, gamers and building to a platform that as as We've been looking at partnerships, and I think a lot of other companies that look at, hey, how do you know how do you how do you really make sure that segmentation of the market adopts to the market as it matures? So, are you finding some really good from that platform that you have, especially with your app? We you know professional boot camp that you guys offer, um, and then the uh, of course the award show. I love that. What? Are you getting a big response across the, both the amateur up to the professional levels? Yes. If so, yeah, please. Yeah. So we, we launched, yeah, I mean, I skipped over the entire company just saying we launched and now we are. <laughs> hey, we're um, rolling here. It's good. I could just talk for an hour. I know. I hear you. Me too. And this is the problem. <laughs> uh, this is what happened. We launched base. We launched with what we knew. We launched with a newsletter, uh -huh. a website. Instagram account and a podcast. Yeah. And we thought, you know, let's just provide this space. So, you know, community is a word now that's being used a lot and it's a great word. Um, but what we really provided and still provide is space for community to come together. So we put a newsletter out and we said, hey, we're the gamers. We put some, you know, some um, branding on Instagram. We, had, we were able to attend PACs, to actually two PACs conferences, which um, I don't know if you've been, been to PACs, but it's you know a great conference for video game enthusiasts. And so that, you know, we just kind of tested the waters and we didn't have to test for very long to see that there was um, interest in us continuing to build and grow this space for gamers to come together. So to answer your question about, you know, who did that resonate with? first um, and who does it resonate with now the first people who came to us were primarily right out of college wanting to work in the industry um, or worked in the industry a little bit and wanted to pivot well um, that, that was the main category uh, a lot we have a lot of aspiring streamers mm -hmm. you know, they stream they would like to make it a career and that's that remains true today um, as we grew organically at the beginning, I mean, always organically, but at the beginning, as we were growing, we realized that this, the challenges for women in gaming 
are consistent. And while they have their differences in how they kind of manifest, there are consistent challenges for women at all ages and at all levels of gaming. And so we thought one space we need to be very intentional about um, being relevant and programming to is collegiate. Mm -hmm. So we immediately, I would say almost right after we launched, we started doing a deep dive into the collegiate space because it, that's a tricky space. The esports collegiate space, it's fragmented. It is um, still developing. And then not to mention that esports is only a piece of it. There's, you know, gaming enthusiasts who sort of sit around a lot of the esports departments or alongside of them at colleges. Just um, an anecdotal story is we have met college friends who are women who game, who don't, best friends, a set of best friends who don't know each other games because there's still a stigma around women gaming. So they're mm -hmm. gaming in their rooms at college, not on an esports team, just avid, active gaming enthusiasts. Yeah. So that's, a, that's part of the problem. It's not just around the esports program specifically. So after a year and a half of meeting anybody and everybody we can meet in the collegiate space, including think tanks, surveys, focus groups, attending events, we launched a collegiate discord because that was in response to the feedback we got from the college gamers that that would be most valuable, not our existing discord um, and not our app at first, but their own discord because that's what they're used to. And they could talk about their own, um, you know, program stuff. And it's, been going, you know, it's great. And also college coaches can join, they can have discussions with coaches corners. And it's really a good example of how we build community, which is we build community along with the community we're building. So um, it, the, then from there, it just, it's going to go up and go down. We're looking um, very actively at some really strategic partnerships in the um, K-12 space, high school sports, and certainly in terms of pro, we have um, relationships with a lot of the major esports orgs, and you know it's it's such a interconnected spider web of mm -hmm. challenges. So it's it's a journey that we're we are we're sort of targeting everybody broadly, but then specifically we're trying to really lean into entities in the industry that are aligned with our mission, but need some assistance in getting there. Oh, what a great, I mean, what a great background and, and, uh, and layout that I, and I love, and, and Rebecca, this, when you mentioned in terms of building community is so critical in an emerging market, an emerging market and right in this, in this space that allows for, um, this equitable growth and growth being equitable across all the opportunities. And there's so many right now that are being, and perhaps those silos, but I guess that is the question. And I'm going to hand it over to my colleague here in a minute for some, a few questions, Jack Murray, but um, real quick. So when you see the, is the interest at the high school level and then up to the collegiate level, where in the, in the community is the education coming? from that allows them to understand those gradual pieces of what I need to have me as a gamer of qualifications. The education around qualifications for how to 
Um, yeah. yeah. So if I, if I, do I need to be in a certain track in college that gets me to the next level of, of what would be the pipeline into the e-gaming market? Um, I mean, I, you know, I think it, it, it's a big question just because it really depends on what the goal is. I mean, mm. I think that what we focus on is kind of looking at, at existing programs and seeing if, um, you know, are there girls participating? Are there women participating? If not, we know there are women who could or would want to, but for there are some reasons they're not doing that. Um, and so then trying to facilitate an environment where, where they, where they can, or they yeah. feel comfortable or they, they're yeah. being reached out to. And so sometimes I think with, with gaming, it, it depends because there are some people very early on in, you know, in life, they want to be a you know pro esports player. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also that's kind of like saying I want to join the NBA. Um, and so depending right. on depending on what you what you want to do, also you may be able to enjoy playing the game, play on teams all throughout you know K twelve through high school, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, because of the because of the skill set that. The, the, the very broad skill sets, I should say, that um, gaming offers, there are a million careers that could the, the door could be opened to. And so, you know, often we talk to kids in high school and college about educating them on what their gaming experience. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. And yeah. so it's like, yeah. that's, that's the, that that's what it is. And so, I mean, I think we go as low as we can in terms of age to say, yeah. You like gaming? Great. Like, do, um, you know, do, do you want to be a graphic designer? Do you want right. to be a, um, you know, a programmer to lawyer? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's yeah. all across the board. Um, so it just it's it's almost like being a sports enthusiast and wanting to work in the sports industry, but you're an artist. Okay, well, there yeah. that job exists, you know. Yeah, and connecting those jobs back to the community broader community that are with companies that are emerging or, or mature companies that are looking to grow a platform of esports. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's a conversation that's happening more and more for sure. Mm. You know, yeah. Esports career fairs, things like that are, they're much more common. Um, and the challenges that women um, happen to face in that, you know, spectrum it's not unlike some of the challenges that everybody has been talking about for a generation with STEM related subjects. Mm, right. Um, you know, here we are having it. And so the more it's discussed and real um, solutions are, are talked about the closer we'll get. Awesome. No, that's great. Well, none the better to transition here over to my colleague, Mr. Jack Murray and, and Rebecca in the preamble a little bit, I've mentioned that Jack has been, there is the reason why we're here today as he's gone through the process of growing and building our platform of, of esports in the world of analytics and how that's applied. Um, none the better. He just graduated high school, uh, college. I've known him since high school, but um, here he is. Jack, go ahead and ask some questions uh, of Rebecca. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, Rebecca, we are really curious. You did mention some of the current barriers for women in esports around the stigma and other things like that, but we want to. We're really curious about finding out what are the major barriers that women in gaming and esports are facing right now. Why do you still believe they exist with the overwhelming knowledge of half gamers being women? And 
other than the great initiatives you guys are running for communities and building them, what are some other ways that we can overcome them from outside the market and inside the market? Sure. I mean, it's again, it's such a big question. I think this it's it's a um, the challenges. It, we talked about this a little bit already, but I'll just say it again because it, it is relevant. The challenges exist at in all age groups and in all categories. So you know, most the majority of the games and um, amateur enthusiast pro, and so it has to come from every entity that is that touches the space. So who does that include? It includes colleges and universities for sure. And so what, what can they do? You know, the first thing they can do is start publicly discussing it. Say, we would like to offer scholarships to women to play esports here. Now. now that's happening. Um, and one thing that happens sometimes is they can't find any women. Mm. Why? Um, because for whatever reason, some of the women or girls in high school stopped playing or they don't know they can get scholarships because for whatever reason, you know, there are a lot of, there is a lot of analysis being done around why this, this situation is what it is. It goes all the way back to video games being marketed to boys and not girls back in the eighties. And there's a whole, there's a couple podcasts about it and books about it. And, you know, that happens. So that's fine. It already, you know, we we're beyond that. But um, it's probably not a scenario that's just going to, we're not going to just snap our fingers and it's going to get fixed tomorrow, but it is, it's going to happen when everybody involved, um, you know, does their little piece to move the needle. Um, another, you know, so, so colleges and universities, that's one example I gave you. Another example that I can give, it, it's, it's, you know, I said I started my career in, in media and marketing. So I always think about that brands. So you'd be surprised with the number of brands who say, oh my gosh, e this esports thing is a big deal. We've got to like create a, an esports, you know, division and let's get our brand XYZ, you know, get some media in there. And the whole campaign leaves out women. And it's like, you just left half of your market on the yeah. table. Like, why wouldn't you market to women? Because they're playing the games. It literally just... I'm also a math major. I don't think I mentioned that. It's like, oh, it's speaking, our, speaking our language. <laughs> yeah. So, um, cool. so brands, that's another category, yeah. you know, also like, let's just say I'm jumping around at, at all the pieces that are, are relevant and, and what's causing the barriers. Uh, middle school, casual gaming, you know, like some, you know, people need where there's a lot of talk about upstanders versus bystanders these days. And there is some talk, but not enough about, are, are, is that being discussed for in video game to sixth grade boys? Because mm -hmm. if it's not, it should be. Mm -hmm. like that's when they, that's when, that's when, you know, it starts. So that, you know, these are all, um, there's the educational piece of it in for young, um, young video game players. Uh, and it, that piece of it is also, um, unfortunately could, is still also for adults because, you know, a lot of adult players grew up in an environment where that sort of behavior was acceptable. You know, I've gotten asked a lot in the past, well, what should I do if I'm in a game and, you know, somebody I'm playing with is not nice to a girl? I mean, 
leave? I don't know. Say something. Right. You do in real life. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, those, you know, those are a lot of the things. And as an organization, I think it's just hiring, hiring practices is a really big one. You know, you can't just say that you're, um, interested in programming to women if you or you know, developing games targeted towards women, if you don't have women in the room. And again, it really is kind of all math, but, um, it's a journey, but what I will say is I do believe the future is bright. It's being discussed a lot, and, and there are a lot of incredible women, not just video game players, but, um, you know, professional, um, you know, people, executives. Here's another kind of cool anecdote. Um, yeah. My LinkedIn DM box is overflowing with companies who are trying to hire women in the gaming industry. And they put out a job and they can't get any women to even apply. Why is that? Why yeah. is that? And, you know, we could debate for hours why it is. I don't know the answer. I could come up with a few guesses, though. Could be their uh, a reputation of a company. Could be the job is worded such that it just kind of seems like they want to hire a guy. There's a lot of analysis around job description. Um, verbiage. Uh, and then also, you know, just the sort of, I don't know, but you know, keep, keep looking, but here's the really fascinating part. When we, as the gamers post that same job on our website, we have had stories of them having to shut down their LinkedIn job posting because so many people applied, um, or, you know, many, many people applying in a 12 hour period when we put it in our app. So there's a, the connections can be made. I think that what shows for, for our brand is that we have been really lucky to have um, some trust amongst our community. Uh, Rebecca, well, on that, Jack, sorry, because this guy knows. But like, so what's being done in those, in the metrics being pulled from that and then being able to prioritize, rack and stack that to ensure that the right postings, the right is that is that a coordination that's going on as you mentioned that maybe it's not the, it's not written the right way or it's so you know, it's, you know this is all a work in progress wig yeah. women in games international i don't know if you um yeah. with them they um are they're good friends of ours we have a partnership with them and that's something they specialize in they're a nonprofit that helps write jobs oh, that's great to know yeah. um i'm not personally a, you know a writer but that is something that has been studied. So that's one piece of it. And then I think it's just, you know, figuring out where, um, where jobs are posted, but you know, another, again, some of this is tracked and some of it, it's just figuring out what to track moving forward. But a lot of jobs are as, as, you know, as we all know, a lot of jobs are filled by people you just know, and you don't post the job ever. Sure. So that's, you know, that's part of it too. Well, that's all amazing insight. And I love how we talked about the disconnect. It kind of plays into this as well. The disconnect between, you know, women not seeing scholarships available or not seeing those job postings. And it's just, it's really tragic to see. So we want to know, is there value added in having an esports specific recruitment platform, whether that be for going professional in the gameplay aspect of esports, or like we've just been talking about getting careers and jobs in esports exclusively for women and just actually putting all those job postings in one area, getting everybody 
uh, all the women being able to see it from there right away. And I, we want to know if there's some value that could add there and, you know, blend that disconnect and make it easier for them to find those jobs and careers. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, it's, I feel like po possibly, but just what I'm curious about is I, I do think that when you think of the psychology of looking for a job, I don't know the answer to why the women actually weren't applying prior to that. It, I can't, you know, I can't get into somebody's head and think about if right. a certain yeah. company, but in terms of a job site, you know, targeted towards women or women centered, I mean, I think it just, there's, there's so many things that it would depend on. And I guess then would companies be posting on both sites? There's definitely a hole in the market. So there's something, there's something there for sure. Um, but I think it's, it's something we're thinking about all the time and trying to figure out how to, how to make those connections and solve that, that challenge. But it, it's, it could be, it could be a, could be a new business for sure. Yeah, that's great. And when we've done some of our market research and talked to, uh, some of our female gamers, a challenge that we were running into was the opinion of them that some women in gaming don't want to have all these separate services and events and be identified as women gamers they want to be identified as gamers and just be all lumped in have the same events and services so my question is how do the gamers really address that opinion and overcome it to create those amazing services and communities that you have now um so first of all we don't take a position on that argument because we are really um here to provide space for any and all women-centered communities in gaming. So we support the women who want the communities that are all women-centered. We support yeah. the ones who don't. Um, in the, I mean, we've experienced that same feedback from some people. I would say, we can't, I can't say 100% either way, but <clears throat> first of all, I totally understand that way of feeling. Mm -hmm. Like video gaming, if we are going to call it a sport, it's the only sport that I can think of where women and men can play completely, you know, there, there's no argument whatsoever that men should be better. Right. So, yep. so I get it. Why would, why do we have different leagues? Um, I do find that is mostly a feeling among, um, women, uh, among some women pro players. It, it doesn't seem there's, I don't, there's not a, as much in other spaces, some in college. But I think the real answer, the, the, the view that we take of the gamers is uh, it's both, both and, you know, um, we, there certainly is a place in the universe for women's only teams right now because mm -hmm. they exist and some women are joining them. Um, is it a great, you know, long-term goal that we just wouldn't need that because we would never have gotten here in the first place? I mean, sure. Like, I wish we didn't ever have to even be having this conversation about women in yeah. gaming because women are half of gamers, but we are. So to me, it seems certainly like in this moment in time, there's room for, for, for all of it. And also because gaming is, as an industry, is there's so many different games and there's so many different levels and, you know, they're pro, um, amateur, enthusiast, all of it. And so, I just, it's not, I don't think it has to be exclusive. It can really be all. And so that's how we, we say that we're women centered. So the other thing that makes it a little easier for us to not really have to pick a side in that argument is um, we are, you know, a community for women who game 
but it's women, femme identifying, all marginalized communities and allies. So men, men are welcome in our community and we could not be successful without them. And when I say that, I mean, you know, on our, in our act, the only rule is, um, be, you know, be nice. We have got, we've got a code of conduct. It's like a little bit longer than be nice, but it's basically just be, be human and support a women-centered environment and you can stay. Yeah, and we, we ask that because we have the same opinion and take as you with the whole, there's no physical barrier for esports, like a sport like American football, say it's it's yeah. completely open to everybody. Everybody has the same skill level. It shouldn't be you know marginalized and separated. And that's why we wanted to ask that question. So I'll throw it back over to Rob for a few final questions, but thank you so much for that insight. And it was amazing yeah. to hear from you. So Rebecca, um, let's talk about the, uh, just real quick, uh, if you don't mind, the professional bootcamp, word show, and the gamers app. Those, if I'm a buyer, or if I see a buyer, if I want to be part of that, tell the, the, the world out there that we have in our community, both yours, ours, how, how they could take part in this. Sure. So it's really easy to remember how to find us. We are at the game hers with an H everywhere. Um, except for the app, which is the GameHers app. And so for our, the app is free. It's downloadable in the app store. And it is, um, the, uh, our events are on Twitch and they're on our, um, advertise on our website and on social media. And there's, you know, there's signups for them that they're, uh, you know, at this, everything's free. Um, and we just, we love to connect with, you know, any women gamers, like I said earlier, allies, um, and also any, any entities in the space, whether it's esports orgs, publishers, brands, schools, um, educators, we're just excited to grow. What, I mean, what I'll share with you is after being around for two and a half years and really feeling so, um, just thankful that we've had such a a positive response from gamers and from the community. Um, and, and we feel like we've had an impact. We are at this moment really looking to just have even more of an impact. And the best way that we can have more of an impact at this point is to sort of reach those people that for whatever reason we haven't met yet. Um, there, you know, we've got 500,000 in our community, but there are 1.4 billion in the world. So yeah, thank you. Oh, just awesome. And, um, oh gosh, Rebecca. So I, I know I just saw, uh, as you guys continue to, to advertise. So not just gracefully, but so well within the social media platforms that, that you just talked about. And then what has this, um, this next phase for you guys, I noticed that you guys have an invest in us. Let's talk about that. Yeah, you got it. So I we talked about our app. We have developed an app. And in order to do that, we have done um, some fundraising over the past couple of years. Riot Games was one of our early investors. We have an, a handful of other angel investors. And at this point in time, we decided to respond to some consistent outreach from our community about investing in us. So we have kicked off a crowdfund raise. It's on WeFunder. And we're so excited because with an existing community who, like I said, has, has asked us if they could invest, yeah. we, you know, to, to be able to give our own community the opportunity to have ownership in the company is not something we 
had considered because honestly, crowdfunding is still relatively new for small yes. businesses. It's, it was regulated about five years ago. And the more we thought about it, it, it the opportunity to diversify our ownership. Um, and, you know, these are relatively quoted statistics, but women-founded, women-centered companies generally get, or in 2021, got 2% of VC funding. Um, and so not only are we offering, you know, sort of the opportunity to, for our community to invest in us, but also to invest in a category of companies that is not getting invested for the same reason that we're in, you know, the mission of our company. So it's just a really powerful um, moment. And we would absolutely love um, anybody to join us in that journey. It's, we just launched our, it's on WeFund. Fresh. Yeah. We, yeah, it is, it is, it, we launched it two days ago. Yeah. And so we did a, we did a soft social announcement over the holiday weekend and it will be, you'll see more about it in the coming days. Um, but it's, it's, it's on, we've, it, we will, we will share it and we're so excited to be. Oh, I can't wait to see how that emerge you know, evolves and and stay in tune with that with you rebecca and your team and for those out there please reach out to rebecca her team again at thegamers.com and rebecca that's in terms of the uh, crowdsource uh, uh, investment ask they would reach out to you specifically my email is rebecca at thegamers.com but also the crowdfunding, it is new, but even as of a few hours from now, it will be on all, you know, on all of our socials and everywhere. You won't be able to miss it if you start following us. Although I, we, we really are excited about the initial response that we got from it. So we are, it probably, you know, knock on wood, it won't be live for too long. Yeah. Um, but thank you for, thank you for asking. We're really just, it's so powerful for us to think that our community could also be our investors. That is so well said. I, yeah. I gosh, that's perfect because it blends right into your purpose and why yeah. as a company. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for a next discussion. If you'll, if you'll, if you'll be so gracious to come back to visit us at, at on the Kinder Podcast, yeah, and we'll, yeah, me. yeah. Oh my gosh, it's great. Hey, I. I'm still recording, so I haven't hit stop record yet, but I have a question. I have a question that is uh, on my head, and this might end up in the podcast, um, not the part where I'm saying I'm still recording, <laughs> like that. but a question that wasn't asked that has nothing to do with most of the stuff, except for is very critical. Rebecca, what are some of your favorite games? Uh, Good question. Good question. Right. So, are you playing anything currently, and what are your favorite things from the past or present or whatever? Yeah. So I am a child of the '80s, uh, well, the '70s, but I grew up in the '80s, and so I played my first video game was with my brother was Frogger. Yeah. That counts. Um, it does. The main way I, the main games I play today are with my middle school daughters, who I did, I think I also didn't mention, which is so surprising because they come up because they are such a driver for me personally. I have two middle school daughters and we play Minecraft and Among Us together and they, whatever they continue to evolve into is what I'll be playing because they're my main game. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Minecraft and Among Us, two very popular games and two very fun games to play. Yeah. I've played them both. I'm, 
I am horrible at both, but you know, <laughs> yeah. as a community thing, Among Us is one of the most fun things you can do with a group of friends. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm very upfront about um, my background, which is not, I did not come, and none of my co-founders came to this point in our journey as um, gamers who really felt the challenges that we're addressing. What we are is community builders who created the space for a community in an industry and a space that needed it. Mm. That being said, gaming is everywhere now. And, you know, we're getting to the point where you don't say, are you a gamer? It's what game do you play? Mm. And so that's, yeah. those are my games. Everybody's a gamer at some level almost, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just like everybody consumes some, you know, some music, but, you know, you're not all right. musicians. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah, but no, that was my only question. I had it was burning in the back of my mind. I'm like, I wonder what game she played. Yep, oh, now you know. There you go. Um, that's that's it for me. Uh, Rebecca, thank you for joining us today on the Kana Connection podcast. This is Koa Beam signing off for Rob Cranston, Jack Murray, and the rest of the Kana Connection podcast crew. If you would like to find more of the Kana Connection, uh, you can head on over to our YouTube channel. You can head on to our website at kanallc.com slash podcast and catch more episodes there. That's all for now. Signing off, we're going to say, and as always, remember, analyze, assess, and execute. And we'll see you next time.